Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the NLL Weekly Preview Show. My name is Rocco Granado, and for the next hour, we will talk about nothing but NLL action going throughout the league as we as we speak right now. Um, this week, there is a very very late schedule um, in in the league. This week, with only three games, um, we will go over those games. We will also go over last week's schedule as well as the games upcoming. And also I'll have a special guest later on. Hopefully we can get um, these little technical problems figured out right now. Um, Guests will be um, Kevin Ross from the Philadelphia Wings. So once we get all this figured out, we will go ahead and start our show off really well. Hopefully it will... Okay, we are back. I apologize deeply for those technical difficulties. For some reason, it was not showing the number up here, so I don't know if I was on the air or off the air. I had to disconnect and come back. But my name is Rocco Granado. I want to welcome you to the NLL Weekly Preview Show. Tonight, my guest will be, and I just found this out no more than about 10 minutes ago, will be Kevin Ross from the Philadelphia Wings. Um, We will talk with Kevin about the slow start that the Wings have in the first quarter, they've only scored a total of 14 goals in in their first 10 games, and they're getting outscored 33 to 14 in that first quarter, which is putting them behind and playing from behind the entire game. Um, as I was stating earlier, and like I said, I don't know if I was heard or not over the airwaves, but we have a very very light schedule this week. We have a total of three games. That's it. You just have three games this week in the NLL. So we will go over last week's schedule. Um, the games that were played, the winners, the losers, um, the standings, the leaders, as far as your goal-scoring leaders, assists, your points, your loose balls, face-offs, what have you. Uh, your weekly award winners, were, which were basically just about swept by the Minnesota Swarm last week. And also go over, like I said, this week's schedule, the three games that are scheduled for this week in the NLL. Time permitting. Um, for those who didn't tune into my show, The Wings Nest, last um, this past Tuesday, I had the opportunity to have a one-on-one interview with the commissioner, Mr. George Daniel. So time permitting, I will go ahead and play that interview. It's about a 12-minute long interview um, in that we talked about the, the new 18-game schedule, um, how they came about that through the 
survey that they put out online through NL.com, um, knowing that the fans wanted more games, they want to see more indoor lacrosse um, to get the sport to grow, along with possibilities of expansion, where would he like to expand, what cities he thinks would be great for expansion, and how everything's going with the playoffs, how he feels about the current system, as well as possibility of some other ideas. Um, One of mine was just to have the division winners place one and two, and then the following six fall right in line. Then you have a one playing eight scenario as you do now in some of the other um, in the other sports. But he was he stated about how it would be good if you know you had a West champion against the East champion. And you know I'm kind of a little old school where I would like to see you know you would like to see a, a championship of say Toronto against Philadelphia again or Buffalo Rochester or Philly Rochester. You go back to that from 1995. Um, that overtime game in, in the now torn down Philadelphia Spectrum, you just you know you could do that, but you don't want to take it away from the fans out out west. So I can I can kind of understand. And you're looking at travel costs and things like that. If you have one plane, if you have Philadelphia going out to Edmonton as a matchup, yeah, that's a nice long you know distance, and you have to make those plane reservations sometimes with a, within a week of each other. So at least when you have it here. Um, if you have four from the east and four from the west, if there ha- doesn't happen to be a crossover this year, you would have, say, right now it would be Toronto hosting Rochester and Philadelphia hosting Buffalo. Everything's within a bus ride from each other or an hour flight. That's that's basically it. And the same thing with some of the teams out west. So I kind of see where um, the commissioner was, you know, is, is going with that. But. Last week, you had a chance of two teams' possibility of clinching a playoff. Um, And as last weekend ended, it turned out that neither the Toronto Rock nor the Washington Stealth clinched a playoff berth. Toronto needed to defeat Philadelphia and have a Colorado or Minnesota loss to clinch a playoff spot. Well, Toronto won 13-8, but Colorado defeated Buffalo and Minnesota defeated Washington. So by Minnesota defeating Washington, that eliminated Washington from clinching a spot this past weekend. But later in the week, um, Tuesday night, around Tuesday afternoon, around 4 o'clock, Doug Fritz from the NLL office uh, put up on Twitter that with all the possible scenarios to where the worst Toronto could do is go 8-8, eight and eight, they would win all the tiebreakers from the, if there's more than two teams tied at eight and eight, come at the end of the season. So, in essence, they did clinch a playoff spot because they ran through a whole whole list of, of scenarios that were obviously too 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 long to post up anywhere. He just said that they they win all the eight and eight tiebreakers with more, with three or more teams. They would win those they would win those tiebreakers. So, they have a spot clinched in the 2013 playoffs. Um, this weekend, though, you have a couple a couple big games. You got uh, the Edmonton Rush; they are continuing their East Coast swing, so to speak. Uh, they play twice this weekend. They play the Buffalo Bandits tomorrow night at 7:30 at the First Niagara Center. Then they play Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. against the Toronto Rock. Um, that game, I think, is going to be tough for them. They're coming off a game against Buffalo, and then they're 
within 15 hours, they're playing another game. Um, that will take a toll on you, especially when you're playing a team like Buffalo and then going and playing a team like Toronto with their firepower that they have. And if you get banged around one night, you're going to get banged around again. Um, truthfully, I would have liked to have seen Edmonton play Toronto first because both these teams are starting to go on a hot streak right now. The Edmonton Rush have won five of their last six, five of their last six games. They were at one and four, and everything seemed to be going kind of downhill. Out of nowhere, they start winning five out of six. They won a back-to-back weekend, and you know, before you know it, they're you know right back in into the whole the whole shooting match, so to speak. So now you're looking at. Them only being a half game out, they're sitting at six and five. So Edmonton is right in in the mix of of everything. The Buffalo Bandits have been struggling, so they need they need this win. But with Toronto, um, Toronto is now eight and three. Toronto is also five and one on the road, but they're three and two at home. They seem to you know sh- struggle a little more at the ACC Center, a place that has never been favorable to to the to the opposing team. So that's where you're, you know, you're kind of looking at what what they can and what they can't do. Um, this game I think can go can kind of go either way. It all depends on how Edmonton comes out of 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 the Buffalo game. Um, if Edmonton does what they're supposed to do, they will yeah, I think they will give Toronto a nice little run for their money and should they win both these games? They would actually be tied for first place in, well, actually they would have first place in the NLL West because they're they're playing two games, and the other game this weekend is Calgary hosting the Colorado Mammoth, um, and that game can go, who knows which way. Colorado now has um, Ty Bellinger back in net, the rookie goaltender who's been playing outstanding, um, and they also picked up Casey Powell from the Rochester Nighthawks. So you're really looking at um, something that can be, you know, a, another blowout or could be a close game. Could be a Calgary type of game, or you know, where they took them out behind the woodshed like they did in the preseason and beat them. Or it could be where Colorado comes into Calgary like they did earlier in the year and beat them by about a, a goal or two, I believe. So it could kind of go either way. Right now, I'm going to take a short commercial break. And hopefully when I come back, I'll have our guest, Kevin Ross, on the line. So stick around, and I'll be right back. Listen to Lax Live Friday nights. It's the only show that goes one-on-one with the top lacrosse analysts in the game. Huge week here for the Washington Celtics coming up, but they got a big win against the Toronto Rock last week. How vital was that win for their season? Obviously, they've had their struggles throughout the season. And Chris Hall back, I think, was a huge step for them. Lax Live Radio, the program that started it all. Marissa and Jemmy from In Lax We Trust talks each week with the people who report on and shape the game. Two of the top teams in the league. What's your prediction for that game? Arizona State's really struggling with their offense. It's Friday nights at 6 p.m. on the Lacrosse Radio Network. It's brought to you by Destiny Lacrosse. This is John Galloway of the Rochester Rattlers, and you're listening to Lacrosse Radio Network.
High School Lacrosse Thursdays on the Lacrosse Radio Network. Listen to By the Book at 2 p.m. with Booker Corrigan from ESPN Radio and CUDA Lacrosse. And at 6.30 to Lax High with Lax Media's Chris Goldberg and Inside Lacrosse's Ty Zanders. Rotating each Thursday, the Lacrosse Radio Network is where you want to be for high school lacrosse. This is Nick Rose of the Toronto Rock, and you're listening to the Lacrosse Radio Network. After year one, the Midwest Lacrosse Association is ready to dominate the Midwest United States. Promoting the game of lacrosse nationally, MILA is live every week on the Lacrosse Radio Network starting this August. Want to connect more in the game? Don't have your lacrosse fix? Follow the Lacrosse Radio Network on Twitter at InLaxWeTrust for the most interactive lacrosse hub on the web and at Lax Radio Network. Also, make sure to check out at InLax University for college and at InLax Canada for Canadian Box. the final spot, but 
like I said, in the East, you got Rochester at four and six and Buffalo at five and six. But also one other thing you need to remember, last year at this time the Rochester Nighthawks were five and five after ten games and they won it all. This year they're four and six. Don't count anybody out in this league. It's been an exciting ride the whole entire year and the last six six or so games are going to be the same exact thing. So as I said in one of my articles, buckle up, put your crash helmet on, because it's going to be one heck of a ride, and it's going to be a great ride. But right now, I'm going to get to my guest, and I was very, very happy that I just got you know, a tweet from him asking if he can come on, if I needed a guest, and you know, really took me by surprise. Right now, I want to introduce everybody, Kevin Ross of the Philadelphia Wings. Kevin, how are you doing tonight? They're not bad. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I mean, I... You know, I just put it out there. If anybody, you know, anybody's on the bye week or, you know, if they're at their destination, you know, they want to call in, you know, it would be you know, greatly appreciated. You, you stepped right up to the plate, and I truly appreciate that. Um, yeah, no problem. Just going to set the yeah. work day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, usually the show's on Saturdays at noon. I usually have it, but um, I have a, a, a second job now. That now it's spring. i got to umpire <laughs> amateur soft, softball all day tomorrow. So I have to like move you're, you're the show around. Yeah, got to make the money. You know, that's, that's, that's what right. it's about. Let's let's get right to it, Kevin. The way I mean, everybody has seen it. Um, the wings come out slow. It seems like we're coming out. They're coming out slow every game in the, in the very beginning. Um, it's just fourteen goals in the first in the, in the first period all year, and the, the, the opponent's putting in thirty three. So it's almost. It's pushing a three to one ratio. What's is there any reason for for that slow start? What's yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't think there's a, a particular reason for it. Um, you know, there's been a couple of games where that hasn't happened, and I think the first game of the year, a big win over Buffalo, and uh, I think even uh, our couple games in Buffalo weren't uh, weren't quite like that. But yeah, you know, for the most part, they've we've had slow starts. Um, we've tried to revamp our warmth a little bit to. Uh, to alleviate that, I think it worked uh, to a point, but um, really, you know, I don't think we've won a first quarter in a long time. So that that is something that is concerning to us. But um, at the same time, it's sort of at the other end. I guess you can kind of look at it. We we, we are able to play uh, from behind, and, and a lot of games get back in. We're only we're only five and five. It's not great, but it uh, could definitely be a lot worse. So um, gearing up for for the final run home now, and uh, hopefully be able to turn that first quarter around starting this coming Friday. You know, in the past, the 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 downfall for the Wings was always the second half. The third quarter was always they you know would go into the half and be winning or tied or be closing. In the third quarter, everything would kind of fall apart for the team. This year, it's totally different. You know, the second and third quarters have switched. We're negative nine in the second, and we're you know Wings are positive nine in the third. So it's kind of you know it kind of evens it out. And when you look at the goal differential, you know, it's a, you know, we're letting letting up 19 more goals than, than than scoring, and sitting at five and five, it's like okay, you look at those games. Three of those games were basically blowouts. You had the um, the Rochester game, the Colorado game, I'm not, not Colorado, sorry, the Calgary game, and mm-hmm. I, be, I believe this past one with Toronto by, by five goals. I mean, you're talking, you know, total almost. 19, 19, 20 plus goals in a matter of you know three three games. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, it's not where we want to be. 
uh, in those games. And, uh, I know, I think everyone gets scared. And, you know, even, even the guys in the locker room, you know, it was a bit disconcerting with, uh, we really only have, I think it's one really kind of tight loss. The rest of them have been pretty lopsided. So, um, you know, that's something to be concerned about, but at the same time, you know, when we get to a tight game and, you know, we know going down, down the final six games in the playoffs, there's going to be a lot more tighter games than, than blowouts. So, um, to, to know that uh, when we're in a tight game, we can pull it out, uh, is a, is a, is a good feeling to have going into this, uh, last few games. But, um, no, the, the the blowouts are unacceptable. We know it. Uh, every guy in the room knows it. And uh, definitely, um, you know, we've made some changes to the lineup. Got some different guys in, uh, some last-minute rosterings for the deadline. And maybe that, that minor shakeup can uh, help uh, help change things up going going down the last little while. Now, let, let's talk about it. We've got, got yeah, six games left. Um, there's been, you know, talk out there that, you know, Brendan Mundor should be, everybody's hoping, coming off, you know, his injury and be available by, by the end of this month. That's what he was his that's what he estimated his timetable between the middle of March and the end of end of March coming back. It's just the matter of getting in the game shape. Um fans at, at the practice have seen him going, you know, all out during during the practice, doing what he can and just, you know, getting his body, you know, into that game shape mode. But this is you know, you're you're on the bye week now. Some players are using it to just get away, just kind of clear their heads, relax, do what they need to do. Um, it gives the healthy players have the little bumps and bruises time to heal those. Um, it gives other players such as Brendan Mundorf, Brett Manny, another extra week to heal those to heal those injuries. After this weekend, you got two back-to-back weekends. That's that's got to take a toll. Just one back-to-back weekend is is a lot. When they're not separated by by day, when you're playing Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, you start out with Minnesota, your former team, next week. Um, they are now without their captain Andrew Suter, who, um, for people out there listening, um, he did very well with the surgery. Um, I'm sure you you you, know, you stay you're, you're friends with with Andrew. Um, yep. I saw a lot of love being shown over over Twitter. Uh, wishing him the best, speedy recovery. Uh, you know, some people saying, "Don't worry, Andrew, you're going to come back bigger, bigger and stronger than ever." Um, it just shows what what type of player Andrew is and what he means to the to the game of lacrosse. Yeah, it's you know he's a very respected player. Obviously, I've got nothing but respect for the guy, um, and that goes without question. I don't think there's anybody in the league that would say that that doesn't have respect for Andrew Suter. But uh, what's even more remarkable is the the amount of respect he's gained in the short amount of time he's been in the league, uh, being the captain of Minnesota's form. I think it's his, his third year now. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, and, and and you know what? And that's that's absolutely the right choice. He's a he's a hell of a leader and and just really the uh, the heart and soul of that organization. And uh, me being there, I experienced that. So um, you know, we wish him the best and uh, for a speedy recovery. But at the same time, uh, Minnesota's a, a tough team. You know they, they suffered a bit in the first few games without him, but now that uh, they've kind of gotten used that they don't have him in the lineup, they've turned things around and uh, they're a very talented team. That, I mean, maybe they're hitting their stride a little bit, so we we got to be ready for uh, for a battle next week. You know, in the past when you were with them, uh, you always seemed to have a field day against against the Wings whenever we went up to the Hive there, and you know how loud it can get in there in in the um, XL Energy Center. Um, what what have you seen? I mean, from the time whatever time you have to see see their any of their games uh, with their four rookies with Shane Jackson, 
Kiel Matisse, Brock Sorensen, and um, Alex Krepnicek. How have you seen that team grow since you know when you from the time you were there last year to now? Well, they they continue this bit of uh, youth movement thing, and you know moving they moved myself out and uh, uh, Richie Morgan as well, and uh, you know there's a couple of veteran guys that they no longer have, and uh, you know whenever you add that many rookies to a team, there's going to be some speed bumps along the way, and I think I mean it's sort of sort of victim to that for the first little while, but uh, you know I've, I've played against both uh, Brock Sorensen and uh, Kyle Matisse for a few years, and I know the guys really well, and they're both very big, strong, uh, professional ready players that. Uh, have proven that they're at that level. Uh, Krepenzek and, and Shane Jackson, I don't know as well, but they're, they're obviously uh, at that level as well and, and, and are doing a fantastic job. So, um, But they're definitely not a team that you can you can underestimate, especially at the front door with uh, Ryan Burnett, Callum Crawford, and then a whole lot of a uh, whole lot of kind of secondary scores that uh, can 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 anyone can hurt you in any given night. So um, we're, we're we're definitely going to be uh, watching some tape and uh, getting ready as we have this bye week. We're actually going to get together for a practice uh, tomorrow and, uh, you know, start talking about mini in, in, in Colorado. So we'll be ready to go. Yeah, and then from that game, you go to um, Colorado. Now you're going to be facing a new goaltender. They've switched their goaltenders all season long. Um, now you're going to be facing a rookie, Ty Bellinger, who's come in and basically, you know, obviously locked down that spot. Um, he's been playing very well, uh, gaining his first two victories, both over uh, the Buffalo Bandits in the last two weeks. But now they added Casey Powell. They picked up you know, Casey Powell from the Rochester Nighthawks, and that's going to add a little extra firepower to go along with John Grant, Gavin Prout, and Adam Jones. No, absolutely. They're a very, they're a very talented team to begin with, and uh, maybe the record didn't show it, and they, they uh, got their goaltending situation uh, sorted out. And uh, adding Casey Powell, so they're they're much better uh, much better team than they were when when we saw them a few weeks ago and, and had a bit of a, a day day with them. So um, you know any team with John Grant Jr. or uh, Casey Powell, you, you you can't take lightly that you put them together and uh, it could could be pretty pretty deadly. So um, definitely another another uh, it's going to be a tough weekend. I mean, there's two very tough teams that maybe the records don't show where they really are at, but uh, you know Colorado's had two wins in a row. Minnesota sitting their stride. So hopefully we. Uh, we can shake off the rust after the bye week and a couple losses and, and get back in the right column. Yeah, and then, you know, you go after this week, you got to heal up quick and you got to make another return trip to Rochester. Uh, finally got that monkey off the back uh, with a real tough, you know, hard fought game. And then you, you're going to face them. They're struggling right now a little bit. They're really struggling at home. Uh, but then, you know, that's going to be a, a, a drag them out, bang them game. Then you have to return home for the next night and face Minnesota again. So, it's you know for the, pe- the people out there, you guys are playing in this case two two games back to back, two weekends in a row. Playing, I believe it's, it's Friday, Saturday. You barely have time to recover, and you got to go through your normal, you know, set like we like to say nine to five job during the mm-hmm. week. Come in for you know come in for a practice or where, you know if you're on the road you go there you practice have have to shoot around. Two more games within a matter of 24 hours, and before you know it, the body starts starts hurting. And I guess this is where we could say, in the Wings' case, with the way the roster is, with players that are going to be coming off the the injured list or being not a healthy scratch right now from the, from the active roster, such as Brendan Mundorf and um, Brett Manny, it'll you know it gives you know you could insert one guy and sit 
sit another guy for a game, and it kind of like, almost like circulate everybody through. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a nice uh, luxury to have that we've got a few guys coming back from injuries. So you can add Brody Merrill to that list too. Is it a yeah. guy we got coming back from from his injuries? So um, yeah, it, it's nice to have, and definitely any back to back weekend is tough. And when you have back to back weekends, back to back weeks in a row, I mean, it makes it that much harder. But uh, you know, we 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 did the Rochester back to Philadelphia trip and got two wins out of that, so we know that we're capable of doing it. Um, and then you know, as, as I already mentioned, that, that first week is going to be a tough one heading out west, but uh, you know we've beaten Colorado and we're confident we can beat them again. And uh, you know, Minnesota's a, a very capable team, but I think we match up really well against them in terms of our athleticism and uh, can run the floor with them. So yeah, it'll, it'll be tough, and uh, it's going to definitely take a take its toll on the body. So we got to be doing making the right decisions in terms of what we're doing during the week and the the foods we're putting in and the workouts we're doing to uh, make sure that uh, you know we can last for for, for four games within a very tight uh, period of time. Now, one last thing. Um, obviously, Brandon Miller's suspension was upheld, so he will be sitting out the Minnesota game. Um, the Wings went ahead and got the playing rights to Mikey Thompson. Has anything been done on that end as far as Johnny you know, persuading Mikey to come out of retirement, uh, to sign a contract, and to suit up? Because we've signed Ag- Agnes Dinley, so obviously – Looks like he's going to be the starter in Minnesota unless something happens, you know, with you know Mikey and everybody. You know, everybody's a buzz saying, "Oh, Mikey's going to be in net. Mikey's going to be in net." All we did, you know, as far as I know right now, is we have his playing rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not uh, not too sure. Nothing's really been said uh, um, this week, but uh, I guess we, we're all getting together tomorrow for practice down in Philly, so maybe find out a bit more then. But um, yeah, we have Angus now, and I've known Angus for a really long time. Uh, actually played college together with him at Canisius. And uh, he was a very capable lacrosse goalie and uh, spent uh, some years with the New York and Orlando Titans and was in the Philadelphia – in the Wings training camp a few years ago. So uh, it's not like he's he's not capable of doing it and, and the guys have confidence with him and, with him and Nett. Um, and that said, it would be great to have Mikey, uh, you know, come and play for us. Uh, I know shooting against Mikey Thompson is never easy. He's, he's a big body, takes up a lot of net, and uh, you've really got to pick a good, pick a good shot in order to beat him. So – It'd be great to have him out there, but I guess we'll, we'll find out more this weekend. Yeah. Okay. Now, you said you were having practice more in Philly. Um, am I safe to assume it's over at Bucksmont? That's right. For, now, what, what time is, is, is the practice for the people who want to go go to the practices? I believe tomorrow's an 8 to 10. 8, 10 a.m.? No, at night. P.m. Oh, at night. Okay, and then, great. Okay. And then we're going to do another one, another one uh, Sunday morning. Oh, okay. Well, looks like my day's going to be packed tomorrow then. Looks like I'll be umpiring and head right over to Bucksmont right after that. That's good. There you go. <laughs> Makes my day. Okay. Kevin, yeah. I, I, w- I want to thank you. I really do. Um, you know, it was, you know, I just like I said earlier, I just kind of put it out there if anybody wanted to, you know, call and discuss about what's been going on, you know, this season with the team, um, you know, and some other teams just to, you know, have somebody else, you know, on the show. And you've always said to me before, if I needed somebody to come on the show, let you know, and yeah, I just figured, like I said, I'll put it out there. If anybody kicks back with something, great. If not, it won't be a problem at all. But I want yeah, to no thank problem. you. I want to thank you very much. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to see you tomorrow night, um, and we'll see who's who's at practice and you know what's going on and how you know team shake off those those two losses and get right back on that winning track. Yeah, sounds good to me, Rock. All right, Kevin, thank you so much, and you have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. All right. 
That was wings forward Kevin Ross. Um, again, I, I just want to thank thank Kevin truthfully. Um, a lot of these you know players, actually all the players are so uh, reliable is not the word. They're so considerate. They're they're willing to 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 do what they can to get get the word out about the game. Um, as I said before, I I do this from the basement of my house. Um, don't get paid, which I don't mind at all. Um, I do it because I've been a fan of this game for 27 years. I've been a wing season ticket holder for 27 years. I've seen good and bad with this team, um, the good, bad, and ugly, I should say. But they're always there, okay? They always, you know, when they do bad, the fans pick them up. You know, when they're winning, they carry the fans. And from the first player that, that's ever stepped on the floor for the Philadelphia Wings 27 years ago, to right now, I've, I haven't run into one player, and I don't think anybody in Philadelphia can say anything, that not one player has ever been inconsiderate or anything whatsoever, um, nor have I seen any players throughout the league. They're always accessible, willing to talk, willing to take pictures, whatever. You know, you go up to them, you tell them you're a big fan, they're they're, they're kind of taken back because they're, they're regular people like us after they take off their, their uniform. You know, they have their regular nine-to-five jobs just like us. And like I said, I do this just for the appreciation of the game and to kind of give back to the game, give back to the players that gave me and other fans a ton of enjoyment throughout the league, whether you're a Philadelphia Wing fan, whether you're a Rochester Nighthawk fan, uh, whether Washington self, Buffalo Bands, whoever, Vancouver Ravens, even if your team's no longer in the league, um, you know, if you're, you're a fan of indoor lacrosse, you're a fan of these players, you know what they do, you respect them, and they respect you. So, again, I'd like to thank Kevin. Um, so, for those who live in the Philadelphia area that want to see the Wings practice tomorrow, it's from 8 to 10 at at, Bucks, at Bucksmont Sports Center in Lansdale, PA. It's from 8 to 10 tomorrow night. Now, with that being said, go over the league leaders right now in the NLL. Right now you have Sean Evans leading the way in points with 72. Uh, for goals, you have Reese Dutch from the Washington South with 33. And Garrett Billings leading the way right now with 50 assists after playing 11 games. Uh, your loose ball leader and your face-off leader is Jeff Snyder with 161 loose balls and 207 face-off wins. As far as penalty minutes, you have Matt Beers from the Washington South with 58. For your power play goals, you got Dane Doby of the Calgary Roughnecks with 12. Um, shots on goal leader is John Grant Jr. with 141. And your forced turnover leader is from the Edmonton Rush, none other than Kyle Rubish. He's right there again with, with 31. Um, in second place is Jeff Snyder with 22. But what's really remarkable is with Buffalo, they got three guys that are – third, fourth, and fifth. Kyle Sorensen with 21, Tyler Garrison, a rookie, with 17, and Matt Beers with 16. So they got three of the top five in forced turnovers. So that speaks well for their defense. As far as your goaltending, your leaders, your wings, the leader in wins is Nick Rose with eight right now. Um, he has all the wins for the Toronto Rock. Goals against average is Matt Vince with a 10.17 goals against. And your save leader is Nick Rose with 457 saves. 
we we already went through the standings. Um, like I said, you have Minnesota and Colorado at four and seven. Rochester's at four and six. Buffalo's five and six. Philadelphia five and five. So you got four teams right there, all within a game of each other. And then two games, you got Calgary. Calgary and Edmonton with six wins. So everything is right there. So from worst to last, from first to ninth, it's a matter of three and a half games. So it's you know it's it's, it's so close throughout the league. Um, right now, from via the tiebreakers and everything else, Minnesota is on the outside looking in right now when you look at the standings. So right now you would have Toronto, Philadelphia. The players would start tonight. You would have Toronto playing. Rochester in Toronto, and Philadelphia hosting Buffalo. Then in the West, you would have Washington hosting Colorado and Calgary hosting Edmonton. That's what you would have right now. But let's remember, you will have a crossover. If the last-place team in the West has a better record than the last-place team in the East, they will get that spot. It's not going to be four four from each each division. So if you have that fifth-place team, Right now, it's Minnesota. If they end up with a better record than, say, Rochester, they will get the they will get the playoff berth and not Rochester. So you really have to be careful with that, with everything being so close. Your weekly award winners, as I said earlier in the show, they were almost swept completely by the Minnesota Swarm. Your offensive rookie, your your offensive player of the week was Cam Crawford from the Minnesota Swarm with four goals and four assists. The transition player of the week was Jordan McIntosh, which is his second award this year for for transition, tying him with Brody Merrill and Jeff Snyder, each of them with two transition players of the weeks. Defensive player of the week for 10 out of the last 11, 11 weeks, it's been goaltenders. This one goes to Tyler Carlson of the Minnesota Swarm. That's his first one of, of the year. And for a rookie of the week, it goes to first-timer Kyle Belton of the Toronto Rock. So there you have There's your weekly award winners, Kellen Crawford for offensive player from the Minnesota Swarm, Jordan McIntosh, Minnesota Swarm for transition, and for defensive is Tyler Carlson, the goaltender for the Minnesota Swarm, and the rookie of the week went to Kyle Belton of the Toronto Rock. Now, let's we'll just go over the games real real quick. Um, like I said last week, Toronto came out and defeated Philadelphia by a final score of 13 to eight. Um, Philadelphia started out real slow, um, and w- once you get down by so many goals, it's very very hard to come back in this league, especially against a team like Toronto. And Nick Rose just started putting up a wall in that third quarter when Brandon Miller put up a wall in the third quarter. So. Yeah, they both both goalies stood on their games in that third quarter and didn't allow the up, their opponents to put anything by them, and that helped Toronto hold on to a 13 to eight victory. The Edmonton Rush went up to went to Rochester, and it was a rematch from last year's Champions Cup. Um, in this case, once again, Edmonton went up five to one at the end of the first, and it was seven to three at the half of another four goal lead. But this time, they held off Rochester's comeback. Um, Rochester scored four goals in that third quarter to bring it to an 8-7 score. But Edmonton just came out and outscored them 3-2 in that, in that final quarter for an 11-9 victory. Um, 
for I guess a little little revenge from from last last season's Champions Cup. Um, so they defeated the Rochester Nighthawks eleven to nine. The Minnesota Swarm, they just came out and just basically destroyed the Washington Stealth last week in front of their home crowd. In front in front of in, in inside the hive, the swarm just came out and stung the stealth. They just went went right over them. They beat them twelve to five. They had a seven to two lead at the end of the third quarter. And they just piled it on in the fourth. They scored five goals to Washington's three for that twelve five victory. Um they were basically just handled. Um Ethan Inucci put up on Twitter after that maybe it wasn't a good idea to play with with about 103 fever. I don't think it was, but it just goes to show you what kind of player Ethan is. Um, he he would basically have to be dead on his deathbed, not 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 to play in a game. You know, if he if he can breathe, he can walk. Ethan's going to play no matter what, and he did. And don't know whether or not it hurt the team or not, but it's not not a one person team. It's you know it's, it's everybody. And like I said, Minnesota came out on top with a 12-5 victory, a game that they really needed to win. Then we go to Colorado in a rematch of the prior week's game where Colorado faced Buffalo again. Um, two, last weekend, two weekends ago, it was when there was the nice little brawl at the end of the game when Colorado won 12-6. Things seemed to be calmed down a little bit here, and you had Colorado come out on top by a final score of 16 to 13. Um, I don't think defense showed up in this game. It was just, you know, one after the other. You had 29 goals scored in in, in a 60 minute span, so it's almost every, you know, one every other, you know, minute or what have you. But Colorado just came out on top, and it was the game they needed. Um, Ty Bellinger stood up tall for the Colorado Mammoth, getting his second win. Um, Casey Powell was an impact in that game. From, since coming over from the Rochester Nighthawks, so he's going to be a big help to um, to the Colorado Mammoth going down this stretch run with five games to go. So you could, you know, Colorado could be get ready to catch fire, and that could spell trouble through the league. We don't know. We have to, you know, we obviously have to play the games out. This weekend, as I said, we have a very very light schedule. Tomorrow night at 7:30, First Niagara Center, you got the Edmonton Rush facing the Buffalo Bandits. That game will be at 7:30. That's the first game of the week on Saturday. Then at 9 p.m. on Saturday night, you have the Colorado Mammoth facing the Calgary Roughnecks at the Scotia Bank Saddle Dome. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern. The last time Colorado visited the Saddle Dome. They came out with, I believe, it was a 13-12 victory. So both times these teams played each other, the the visiting team has won. Colorado's at home right now for a little bit of home cooking. They got out of their last so many games, I believe, their next five games, three of them, three of them will be at home. So they're on a nice little home home streak for right now. So Calgary could be catching fire right now. We we don't know. They've been flip flopping up and back. They're sitting at six and five. What team shows up? We don't know. Don't know if they're going to be flip flopping goaltenders because now they have Nick Patterson. Uh, we don't know if he's going to be inserted in the lineup as the backup. 
we won't know until the lineups come out tomorrow night. But this game could be a very entertaining game, or it could be a typical Calgary 19-goal blowout, if 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 possible. So we'll get to see what um, Ty Bellinger can handle. You know, you handle the Buffalo Bandits, but you're handling a tougher team in the um, Calgary Roughnecks with Jeff Shatler, Scott Ranger, Dane Doby, Jeff Snyder. You just yeah, Nolan Hevner, you just got a whole list of players from from top to bottom. Um, they are a well balanced team. They just you know hit, hit some bumps during the season. So th- this will really be a test for Ty Bellinger and the rest of the Colorado Mammoth defense, along with with Casey Powell, to see if if he can help them. Then on Sunday, you have the Edmonton Rush playing again. They have back to back games playing the Toronto Rockets 3 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. And like I said, this is where I would kind of hope what they should have done is really had Edmonton play Buffalo tonight, then they rest and they play again on Sunday. That's how I think these back-to-back games should be because um, Toronto doesn't play at all until Sunday. So they're they're going to sit back and rest. Um, this happens throughout the league, and the players always say, you know, we're, we're professionals. You know, we have to be ready for this. We have to know how to recover. We have to prepare ourselves, which is true. But – I think the Edmonton-Toronto game would be a lot more, just looking at it right now, a lot more exciting if it was the first game that Edmonton was playing this weekend. Because, like I said, when you play a team like Buffalo, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, If the game gets out of hand, you don't know if there's going to be any types of fights that may break out. I I mean, I'm not giving Buffalo this reputation, but look at the last game against... Uh, Colorado that that they had in Buffalo, they got beat twelve to six, and things just went kind of haywire. You had fight fight after fights, you know, five different fights going. Okay, but yeah, I mean, it, it could happen with any team, but I think when you have two teams that are playing as well as Toronto is and Edmonton is, I think I would I would like to see both these teams both at a hundred percent. And playing at 100% the first time, and like I said, they're coming. They're going to be coming off a game that'll probably get over around 9:45, and then you're looking at 18 hours later from the time the the final horn blows. Within 18 hours, these guys have a press conference, shower, get on a bus, go from Buffalo to Toronto, get some sleep, have to wake up, and be ready to go for for three in the afternoon. So it's something that, you know, all the players go through. The Wings will go through it next week when they go from Minnesota to Colorado. You know, they'll be in Minnesota on Saturday or on Friday, I'm sorry, and then have to fly and play in Colorado on on Saturday. You're looking at a time change and another hour difference, and you're also looking at the altitude, you know, up in the mile-high area of, of Denver. So, you know, that's going to be a little bit different. Um, Plus, you're looking at two of the oldest franchises in the National Lacrosse League, the Colorado Mammoth. The Mammoth started back east with the um, Baltimore Thunder. They went to to Pittsburgh, then they came back, and they were to Washington Power, and then they went out to Denver where they have made their home. So Colorado is one of the longest-running organizations as well, you know, with the wings since 
since day one. So you're going to be looking at that battle next weekend. But they're the three games that that we have for next week. Um, next Friday, I'll just go through these two games. I'm, and I'm going to apologize. We're not going to have time to play the um, George Daniel interview. But if you go to inlacrossewetrust.com, type in the search engine George Daniel, the George Daniel interview will come up. Okay, it's an audio interview. Play it to your heart's content. Again, go to inlacrossewetrust.com. Um, you could even look under my articles for Rocco Granado, and you'll see um, the list of, of the articles, and you'll see the one with the interview with, with George Daniel. Now, next Friday, you have two games on the slate. One of them, I mentioned already, the Philadelphia Wings at the Minnesota Swarm. That'll be at 8.30 Eastern from the XL Energy Center. Kevin Ross returns to face his old, his old team, um, so we get to see how how the Wings rebound off of two game losing streak to face a young team, a young team in the Minnesota Swarm. Then also on Friday night at 7 p.m., you have an All Eastern Division matchup, which could be very very tight. You have the Buffalo Bandits traveling to Toronto to play the Toronto Rock. That game's at 7 p.m. Um, so you're lo- you're going to be looking at a bang em out game right there. Um, next weekend, not only do, do the Wings play twice, but so do the Toronto Rock. I mean, we got, you know, Toronto Rock plays twice. Um, the Wings are playing twice. And I think that's, they're the only, yeah, they're the only two teams that are playing twice next week. Like I said, Buffalo is playing in Toronto at 7 p.m. on Friday, so that's going to be a real tough game. Uh, Toronto wins that; it could really put a dagger into in the Buffalo. Is you know they're coming up against a rough part of their, their schedule right now. Then at 8:30, as Philadelphia visiting the Minnesota Swarm, uh, that will be like I said, a very good game with the four rookies that Minnesota has, uh, with them just coming on strong after after last week's game them taking apart the Washington Stealth. And, you know, both teams on a bye week, so they're going to be very well rested and see, you know, see what happens. Um, then next week we'll go over these games, but I'll give them to you now. Uh, next Saturday, March 30th at 7.30, Toronto then travels to Rochester. So Toronto plays at home on Friday night. Then Saturday night at 7.30 at the Blue Cross Arena, they play the Rochester Nighthawks. That's the night they are going to induct Patty O'Toole into the Rochester Hall of Fame with with his number. Uh, I believe it's probably going to be hung up in the rafters. I'm not sure. Uh, but he is going into the Rochester Nighthawk Hall of Fame. Patty O'Toole will, will next next weekend. So people out in the Rochester area, get your tickets. It's probably something you really don't want to miss. Then on Saturday night at 9 p.m., the Philadelphia Wings will face the Colorado Mammoth. Uh, that, Like I said, that's going to be a game of Two of the oldest franchises in the league. Um, they always play each other tough, and it's, it's that game should be very, very exciting. Then you have the matchup. I'm calling it the matchup because these two teams will play each other on March 30th and then on April 6th. On March 30th at 10 p.m. Eastern, you're going to have the Calgary Roughnecks visiting the Washington Stealth. This can very well be a game for first place. Washington won the first meeting against Calgary. 
So another victory here will give them the season series. It's going to be a bang and game. This is where, my opinion, I wish this game was on a Sunday just so I could watch the Wings at 9 o'clock and then watch, you know, give complete attention to the stuff and Roughnecks game because that's going to be an unbelievable game. So I might have to do a split screen here to to see that. But then again, on April 6th, they will travel to Calgary and Washington will play them again. So, like I said, this is this is you know the matchup that that, that, that you're going to have. Um, Edmonton could actually rush to the top. Edmonton wins both games this weekend. They could very well be in first place by half game. The Edmonton Rush, who won, I believe, five games last year, five or six games last year, and went got within 30 minutes of hoisting the Champions Cup can be sitting in first place by the end of this weekend. Um, it's just a testament to show what a rookie, the caliber of Mark Matthews can do, uh, what he has done to that team. Um, the, brought up the play of Ryan Ward, Zach Greer. Um, the defense has always been there with Kyle Rubish. Um, the goaltending with Aaron Bold. Um, one other thing this weekend, Mark Matthews has a chance to break the NLL rookie record for goals in a season. Currently, that's at 38 goals, and that's held by John Grant Jr. Right now, Mark Matthews has a total of 31 goals. He's got 31 goals in 11 games. So he's he's on pace for at least 45 goals, may get more. He may break it this weekend. He gets eight goals this weekend, which is very possible. He may break that record. If Buffalo gets on on a skid where they just are running around in circles, which we've seen happen before, he may break it tomorrow night. We don't know. You know, we don't know. You know, Buffalo's on on, on a seesaw right now. At you know, at, at five and six, if they don't, you know, if they get off kilt, they you know, thrown off their game. Mark Matthews could explode for a good eight goals, and it's very very possible. Um, but I, I think he's probably going to get about six goals this weekend, and he'll probably wind up breaking that record. Um, well, he won't break it next weekend because they they have a, they have a bye week next week, um, so he'll probably break it at home against the Colorado Mammoth on on April sixth. So there's your schedule for games. Like I said, we have three games tomorrow night: Edmonton Rush at Buffalo at seven thirty. Then you got Colorado visiting Calgary at nine. And then Sunday at 3 o'clock, you got Edmonton going to the ACC Center and facing the Toronto Rock. And like I said, the Edmonton Rush are 5-1 and one now on the road. So these are their last two road games for the regular season. And then they, the remaining games, they're at home for their last three games. So they'll be home, finishing the season at home. With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and close out the show. I want to thank everybody for sticking around. Uh, we had some problems at the beginning. Um, I want to thank Kevin Ross for calling in, for being my guest, discussing things going on with the Wings, when they're having practices, what what their you know, plans are, what they're going to try to do, need to be done. Um, tune in next Tuesday to the Wings Nest, 6 o'clock, the same station. Um, I'll try to have – might be Brandon Miller. could be any of the players. I'm going to see who I can get on as we will discuss – the upcoming game, along with, with Brett Manning, who's always on, on the show on Tuesday night. And then I'll be back again probably next Saturday or Friday night with the NLL Weekly Preview Show. So with that being said, 
I'm going to wish everybody a great weekend. Watch some lacrosse. Spread the word. See the teams that are close by you. Everybody have a safe weekend. And in the words of my friend Jake Elliott, for the fastest game on two feet, my name's Rocco Granado. Everybody have a great weekend.